You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. First episode releasing in the month of September. It is Friday, September 3rd. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple. We're not screwing around with an intro. We're just getting right into the first of our two conversations with friends of the program. Dustin Demeter is a big Dodger fan. He also is pretty good at playing baseball, but I guess we really had him on to talk about the team that is not going to relinquish the National League West. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Dustin, and we haven't even spoke in about a week now, and usually we speak more often than that. So I'm actually curious. You're now at Oral Roberts University. You just played four years at University of Hawaii. I'm just curious how the COVID stuff is going on. I know that there's probably a big difference between Hawaii and Oklahoma. Definitely. I mean, it's it's night and day. Like in Hawaii, you know, we had the protocols. We were getting tested pretty frequent, pretty frequently. And then I come out here and, you know, like you can go into like Walmart and nobody's wearing a mask. And that's not the case largely on the West Coast, especially in California and Hawaii, like where I've been. Like it's very like mask up and everybody's, you know, following the protocols and whatnot. Uh, but out here, it's just more like, you know, we're, we're getting tested for COVID. You got to you got to pass your COVID test. And if you fail, obviously you got to quarantine. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a lot less strict out here. Uh, we're not wearing masks in the locker room, nothing like, nothing like that, um, which I think is like state mandate. So it just, it just largely depends on what state you're in. Are you going to be a big Oral Roberts basketball fan now with Ace Miss and O'Banner? I think they both uh, transferred, but that was, that was a heck of a run. And you like, hmm. did you sign on for Oral Roberts because of the sweet 16 run? <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not. <laughs> but it's definitely a nice added bonus. Um, excited to watch the basketball team. We had a good one at Hawaii too. We were um, in that top 64 a couple of years ago, but you know, we'll see how it goes. So let's just get straight into the Dodger conversation because on our last episode or maybe two episodes ago, we made some world series predictions. Aram had the Brewers facing off against the White Sox. And I have the Tampa Bay Rays facing off against your Los Angeles Dodgers. Do you see them making the World Series? Simple question. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that the Dodgers are going to match up with anybody really well. Um, a 
a team that definitely scares me is the Brewers because they got that three-headed monster and, you know, they play good defense. They're a good baseball team. Um, the counter to that with the Dodgers is they also have a four-headed monster. And it's just kind of like, who do you prefer? Bueller, Scherzer, Urias, and Kershaw, or, you know, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. And, you know, I think the Brewers' bullpen is disgusting. So I think that'd be a really low scoring series, but then again, you got the Dodgers offense that can just click yeah. at any time and yeah. just put up like a 10 spot on you. So and the thing about the Dodgers also is that the Dodgers really crush right-handed pitching, not as much left-handed pitching. And if they're going to go face those three right-handers, that's not as big of a problem for the Dodgers as it might be for some other teams. Yeah. The Dodgers going back probably to 2019, 2017, like they've always crushed high octane right-handed pitchers. Um, guys like Blake Snell always carves against us. Uh, big Max time. Freed last night. Starters. Yep. Max Freed last night. Uh, they put a couple of runs up early, but you know, he was pretty much cruising after that. Uh, they, they struggle hitting left-handers um, that that's why, like, if if the wild card happens, let's say the Dodgers fall out of first place because they're in first place now, um, and they got to face Snell, like that would scare the shit out of me, no doubt about it, because Snell is can dominate the Dodgers, and he's been looking so good lately, so um, so that would scare me. No, not like the wild card's obviously scary, but like if you're thinking about how we match up with the Reds or the Cardinals or even the Mets, Phillies, like you're not worried. I think, I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be all right. Dude, how fun would Snell Bueller in the wild card game be considering we just saw that matchup go 16 innings like a week ago? That would be absolutely electric. Is that, that who you'd start in the wild card game? Is that who you start no Bueller over it. Scherzer? No doubt about it's it. It's still Max Scherzer. <laughs> oh, Scherzer is so good. Like Scherzer is so good, but Walker Buehler, like for my money, is probably the the third best pitcher in the league right now. Scherzer's probably like more like five to seven. Yeah, but Buehler is he's hit another level, and like when he gets in the playoffs and he's pumping like he's working at like ninety three to ninety seven right now, he'll be pumping ninety five, ninety nine with like five pitches. So yeah, you go Buehler for sure. <laughs> Right. And we talk about Scherzer being a gamer, right? We talk about him stepping up like Walker Bueller is the youngest gamer in the league. Yeah. We already know yep. that he's yep. going to rise to the occasion and he's 26, I think. God, that's about right. <laughs> she's now, good. J just jumping into the standings right now, like I don't think you're going to need to have to throw Walker Bueller in a wild card situation. Dodgers are seven and three over their last 10. Milwaukee is seven and three over their last 10. Those are the two hottest teams in the national league right now. I really don't see a world where the Dodgers cough up this NL West. I think that they progress better than San Francisco. Am I like off in that thinking? I understand we were off on San Francisco from the jump, but I feel like now that they have a taste of what the division lead feels like for the first time since the end of April, there's just no way in hell they're giving that up. I think you're right. Like, I, I really think that you're right. But the Giants just pound out wins. Like, I've been calling Never the Giants. Lose. Like, yeah, they're like the Rays of the National League. Like, they platoon guys. They have their regulars. They give guys days off. They can pitch it with anybody. They play defense with anybody. 
they're the Rays of the National League. And uh, I keep thinking they're going to fall off too, but it just seems like they just keep pounding out wins. So I think this next series, I think they play the Giants Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I think the Dodgers need to make a statement and either take two or three or sweep the Giants um, because I just think that the Giants are – they're winning machines. So they are a winning machine. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think you're right, but I would not count out the giants as, as much as it pains me to say, I wouldn't count out the giants. And we've talked a lot about the star power in LA. I mean, they got fucking Trey Turner and Max Scherzer at the deadline. They're stacked. And then we talked about the rotation as well, but I'm actually interested in how the lineup is going to shape out come playoff time. You guys got four outfielders that all are you know, arguably deserving of starting in a playoff role. You got Mookie Betts. You got freaking um, shit. Don't blank now. My <laughs> mind just blank. You just got Cody Bellinger. You got AJ Pollock and you got Chris Taylor and you got Mookie Betts. My mind randomly blanked there. How are you shaping up that outfield? So I don't think you can bench you definitely right now you cannot bench AJ Pollock. That guy is abs. He's been an absolute monster the second half. Uh, he keeps getting big hits. Last night he had the bottom of the eighth, base it uh, to the left side, scored Turner, and he just keeps getting big hits for the Dodgers. So like, I think you have to throw him in left field. So then you're talking about Chris Taylor and Cody Bellinger in center. So the way I would handle that is. I think the, I think the bolt goes to Chris Taylor because he just consistently pounds out great at bats. You know, he's above average everywhere in the field, probably center field. You're pushing a little bit, but like he's probably an average center fielder. Um, the, the flip side of that is Bellinger is absolutely an elite defensive center fielder. Like he tracks down balls that you don't think people can catch. So the way I think I would handle it is if you got maybe – Definitely Bellinger's on the bench against lefties. But if you got like a high octane, high spin right hander, like like a Brandon Woodruff, maybe even a Corbin Burns, he's more sinker cutter. But I mean, Bellinger is so bad right now that unless it is right down the middle and under 94 miles an hour, like he's probably not gonna hit it. Like he he's been probably I'd be interested to see this, but he might be the worst hitter in Major League Baseball this year. It is hard to watch that guy hit. Um, but then you talk about, like, you know, if you got, like, Will Smith in there and you got the full lineup, I mean, it's so loaded that you could argue that giving a little offensive fire, firepower away for some defense is clean. Like, you could do that. But I think Chris Taylor's bat is – he probably needs to be in the lineup the majority of the time. And you're probably looking at Bellinger sitting. It's crazy this that is, we're talking about the 2019 MVP sitting. Right. Like no, no, I mean, this is the Dodger dilemma. You are either benching an all-star this year in Chris Taylor or an NL MVP two years ago. Like that's so screwed up. I was looking at the lineup graphic that the Dodgers put out a couple of nights ago, and I just want to run through the defensive alignment. Will Smith, the catcher, we think is one of the best catchers in baseball. Top three. He is. If not number two. Yep. First base, Mac, Max Muncy, who in any other year could probably finish top three in NL MVP voting. He might still finish top he three. He might in still NL do MVP it, which is insane. Trey Turner might finish top five in NL MVP voting. He's the second baseman. Shortstop, 
Corey Seager, who is still Corey freaking Seager. Justin Turner is a top 10 NL MVP <laughs> vote getter. In left, you've got A.J. Pollock, who's hitting the crap out of the ball. In center, we just walked through that dilemma. So you either have an all-star or an MVP in his mid-20s. And then in right, you've got a top five player in baseball in Mookie Betts. And then on the mound, you've got your option of a first ballot Hall of Famer in Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> possibly another first ballot Hall of Famer in Max Scherzer, and a top three pitcher in baseball right now in Walker Bueller. And if I'm not mistaken, Julio Arias is still leading Major League Baseball in wins. I mean, it's a good dilemma to have. That's <laughs> not a dilemma, the bullpen, dude. That, that too, is... because nobody talks about their bullpen either. Like Trinan, they have so many. Kenley Jansen is even having a good year. What have you seen from the Dodgers' bullpen? Can we hold on? Can we take a moment to just realize how freaking stupid what I just walked through was? Like a baseball team should not be constructed like that. Even when you look at the Lakers with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, like, yes, that was an all-star team in 2012. Mellow, yes, 2012, <laughs> but it's like eight years senior that. Like, no team, regardless of sport, should be this good in real time. And the Dodgers, like, constructed right now are the best team in sports, bar none. Yeah, it's like watching, it's like watching an all-star team. And back to what you said about the bullpen, Pete, I think that it's going to be fine because they found some diamonds in the rough. Corey Knievel has been nasty. He's been struggling a little bit lately, I think, but I mean, that fastball and curveball is going to play. The only thing about the Dodger bullpen that concerns me is there's no lockdown left-handed reliever. Um, You're talking about David Price, Danny Duffy's still a couple of weeks away. uh, So you don't know what you're getting out of Danny Duffy. Um. And that's about it. You got Clevenger, but he's been – he throws gas, but he hasn't put up, like, exactly lockdown numbers. Um, then you got Scott Alexander. I mean, the left-handed bullpen of the Dodgers is not great. Their right-handers are electric. Everybody throws 98. Uh, but that could be a problem come playoff time. You got big left-handed bats coming up. We don't really have anybody to counter that with. So we found one weakness. They don't have a great left-handed reliever. That's yeah. it. That's, that's, that's it. About it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yep. And also, I, I'm also curious about this too, because we haven't spoken with you since we ranked the managers. And we had Dave Roberts as our number two manager at, in the new school. We had like the Tino Franconas of the world. They were in the old school, the new school managers. We had them at two. I'm curious, do you think Dave Roberts is a really good manager and do you have full faith in him going into the playoffs this year again? Um, that's a tough question. I mean, <laughs> he's made so many like decisions come in the playoffs where it's just like, what are you doing with the bullpen? Just consistently trusting Kenley Jansen, going to Kershaw in 2019. Um, last year, he showed some big-time balls, riding with Julio Arias to close out both the NLCS and the World Series. Um, I think he manages the locker room, like, incredibly well. I think his players love him. I think he manages playing time with the best of them. But I don't like his bullpen decisions, and I think a lot of Dodger fans would agree with me on that. So I would would not – say i i love dave roberts the person because he's just always smiling like he's always having a good time out there 
I don't think he's a very good manager of the bullpen. You know, you can hate the Dodgers for the money they spend and the luxury tax penalties they're willing to accrue. But kind of speaking to your point about Dave Roberts and his leadership skills, you're not going to hate them for morality's sake, especially with the way they handled Trevor Bauer this year. They're supposed to have last year's NL Cy Young on this team, and Bauer obviously (laughs) is a a piece of shit, and he's not on this team right now. Um, And it's very clear from the top down that they don't want him in a Dodger uniform ever again. Like that is a sign of really good leadership. I think from Dave Roberts, everybody else kind of having this consensus. So this is, you know, if you don't want to root for them because the money thing, that's fine. But this is a really easy group of people to root for. And if they win, like I'm not going to be too pissed. Yeah. I mean, I I was just talking to, to my buddy about that. It's like, you really can't, you want to hate the Dodgers, but they got a bunch of likable guys on the team. Like, there's no way around it. Like, you know, you're not going to hate Corey Seager. You're not going to hate Justin Turner. Like, they don't have any, like, Altuve's or Correa's on the team. Like, it's a bunch of good dudes. So, I mean, it's it's easy to root for them, that's for sure. And Mookie, I mean, out of all of them, Mookie, I feel like, is the most likable guy, too. And even even a guy like Bellinger. He's so likable too. I feel like all these guys, and there's like just like this general aura around the Dodgers now. I feel like getting the monkey off their back last year, winning a championship, and now this year they're just going to be revved up to do it again. Yeah, I think I think Mookie Betts is the reason for that. Like, I think he sets the tone that there's you know he's not taking reps off in practice. You hear about it all the time. The crazy work ethic that guy has. And I remember a story that came out, and I'm sure you guys, you guys do too, um, where he first day came in and kind of lit everybody up and said, hey, like, it's time to go. Like, we're not going to be fucking around at practice. Like, we're going to take every rep. We're going to have full focus. He started a jar. Like, you had to put like 20 bucks every time you made an air in practice. So he, he just set that standard just that much higher. And that's what they needed, obviously. I mean... And then you think about like watching them play last year in the playoffs, like they were playing for each other. They were dropping bunts down, which you would never see the Dodgers do ever before because Mookie Betts said, Hey, this is how you, this is how you win championships. Like he's, he's just like the ultimate winning player. He's my favorite player. Now Um, I had kind of like fallen victim to like, Oh, Mookie doesn't like put up crazy stats. Like, I don't know if he's a top five player or whatever, um, obviously aside from 2018, but, um, he, what he does goes so far beyond the stats. Like, I think I just can't say enough good things about Mookie Betts. Like he's, he's amazing. And Dustin, before, yeah, sorry, before we leave you, um, before we get, let you go back hit in the cage, give us a world series prediction. Ooh. Okay. I got the Dodgers in the NL, obviously. Get, give me your full thing. Who, who's winning? Give me the playoffs. Give me the give me a preview. Okay, I think the Giants win the wild card game over oh man, either the Phillies or the Padres. I kind of want to say Padres. I kind of want to say Padres. I just do they. They don't have the bullpen. I don't think. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna cave a little bit. Um. So I got Giants over Padres in the in the wild card, and then I got obviously Dodgers over Giants. I think the Dodgers are going to face the Brewers 
Dodgers at some point. I think it's going to be an awesome series. Um, but I think the Dodgers will probably bang it out in like six. And then out of the AL, like, like I, I really want the Yankees there. <laughs> <laughs> Selfishly, I want the Yankees so me and Pete can talk shit. Um, the White Sox are interesting because I think that their position player core is so athletic. And I think their bullpen is so electric. But like me and Pete were talking about that. And I think Giolito is a big X factor there. They need Lance yeah. Lynn and Rodon, Rodon healthy. Um, so I think, I don't think the Rays have it. I, I don't know why. I just, I don't like, I don't like watching the Rays. They but win. I, they're I, a know, winning machine. I don't watch them free. They're, they're a winning machine, but they're similar to the Giants to me. Like, I want to see stars. It's like, they're I also similar to the stars. Dodgers. Remember when you were talking about Dodgers hit high octane righties? Rays are the same thing. You have a good righty going up against the Rays. I look at that box score and I'm like, the Rays are going to win this game. And more often than, than not, they do. Yeah, the Rays are crazy because like last year they had this crazy starting rotation, crazy bullpen. The hitting was was not good in my opinion. And now they have like <laughs> their top three and run score yeah. this year. And like they, they, just, they I just couldn't name you. the whole thing. Yeah, I couldn't even name you like more than I think Shane McClanahan starts for him and some other guys. <laughs> so Michael like, Walker. Like I said, Michael Walker, like Ryan Walker starting games for Luis Patino. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. Those are young guys, except aside from Walker and Yarborough, obviously. But I mean, we'll see how it pans out. I like the. I think the Yankees are a better playoff team. I think the the White Sox are a better playoff team. So I think it's either going to be the Yankees or the White Sox. That's what I. That's what I got for you in the AL. No and I think the Dodgers are going. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I forgot about the Astros. The Astros are amazing. Um, it's one of those three teams. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, man, the Astros, because the Astros is Justin Verlander coming back? Like that could happen. I don't know. That's what we're thinking too. Jack, do you have any idea? I I side with. I don't think he will, or at least Not he won't be ready come playoff time, like come World Series time. I've got zero idea. McCullers is amazing when he's on. Like amazing. Grinky. People don't realize how good he is when he's on. Like he's yeah. unhittable. It's no hit stuff. Um, they got like Javier. It's it's going to be tight. Like it's going to be t- tight between those three teams because I think they all stack up pretty pretty close. Well, you got to give a prediction. What are you going to leave with three favorites? <laughs> <laughs> I got the Astros. Then I forgot about you. Them, forgot think, about I them, and now they're in the World Series. <laughs> I, I think their offense is is the most electric offense, maybe aside from the Dodgers. But up and down, like there's no bad at bats in that lineup. So I, I think I got the Astros. All right. Astros Dodgers run it back from 2017. And you better beat them. We they the Dodgers will beat the Astros. <laughs> All right, Dustin Demeter, appreciate you, man, as always. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dustin. Pete, you and I have done uh, a very new thing for the podcast. We're not recording any intro, outro, and transition. We're literally just putting the whoosh sound in here. I'll, I'll cue it up again because it's really fun to listen to. And we're just going right from Dustin to Javi Reyes. The, I mean, this is perfect. I love this. Javi, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? I am rocking the blue Barracuda shirt. 
I'm feeling good. Anybody who understands the blue barracudas, you are cool. Uh, if you don't, then you are not cool. It's just simple <laughs> as that. Stop listening to the podcast. Go type in blue barracudas. Educate yourself. Um, but otherwise, I'm doing pretty good, man. Just had my fancy football draft uh, the other day. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling lively. I like my team because uh, I just drafted guys that I like. That's my advice for everybody. Just draft guys you like. Who'd you, you draft? Know, we were just talking about that. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I also am not cool because I don't know what blue barracudas are. Um, oh dear. i also have no idea either the legends of the hidden temple guys come on oh my gosh the classic nickelodeon game show you guys aren't familiar oh dear <laughs> the listeners gotta be if the listeners understand just find me on twitter we'll talk about it at jalapeno just you're, just go just go nuts you're acting like you're comparing the blue barracudas to like seinfeld like we should all definitely know about the blue barracudas uh, uh, yeah that's exactly <laughs> what i'm doing <laughs> like it's just look because I am a, I'm a proponent that, you know, you can't have uncultured swine with the just baseball group, yeah. I think. And I think yeah. most for the most, I know Peter's never seen a movie in his life, but <laughs> <laughs> like, I think in general, you got to have a little bit of a little bit of everything, you know, I watched I think Benchwarmers. That, oh, good. That's one? a baseball movie. Which one? Benchwarmers. The old one or the new one? The only one? No, there's two. There there's two. two? There's really? a classic one. And then there's one by Richard Rank- Linklater. That wasn't that great. Benchwarmers? No I'm way. Pretty sure. No, that's bad news bears. Ah, that's yeah, what I'm thinking like, of, right? no way they okay, had it's like gotta a be that 1960s bench warmers where kids are eating sunscreen in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it was like, hey, you know, you update it. Who knows? I'm gonna look that up though, real quick while oh. you guys keep talking. The bench, no, I mean, bench warmers yeah, is 2006. Bad news bears was uh, was multiple, but man, I, I think it's funny because you're wearing that shirt. Uh, Peter and I are both wearing breaking tees shirt. We're, we're both repping the west coast right now. Pete's got Oakland, mm-hmm. I've got San Fran. You're the host of Locked On Padres. We just talked to Dustin about the Dodgers. Like, this is a West Coast show now. We don't care about the Yankees anymore, Pete. This is really nope, don't care. Nope. This is, this is a big step <laughs> off that train. Um, but Javi, you wrote a wonderful article on Just Baseball titled the 2021 MLB Alternative Awards. The MLB Awards you didn't know you needed. And I just want to walk through award by award. These are not the MVPs and the rookies of the year. The first award is the Who the Hell is That Award. <laughs> and your nominees are Cedric Mullins, Darren Ruff, and Nestor Cortez. I think this one kind of explains itself. Yeah. Where the hell did they come from? Yeah, there's there's a couple awards in here that we'll get to that are very much like kind of inexplicable. Like, look, and I, I mentioned this in the article. I was watching Palm Springs while I wrote this. I was just feeling myself. I just said, you know what? Let's just get as crazy as possible. That who needs regular titles? There's too many regular titles for everything in life, you know. So in this case, I decided Cedric Mullins was the winner here because I was just like, look, man, I have I cover baseball and I understand the Padres is my focus, but. I had never really heard of this guy before. The only way I heard of this guy was in my fantasy draft. And I was like, oh, cool. Someone took the Baltimore Orioles outfielder, whatever. Like, I don't care. I'd heard of Brian Mountcastle. I'd heard of Trey Mancini for a variety of reasons. But Cedric Mullins to not only just be a good player, but like an MVP quality outfielder for Baltimore is just it's peak baseball madness. I love it every single year that it happens. There's always a Ram Bob. Kyle Lewis was a little bit like this last year for me. Uh, yeah. And I just, I love it. And every year there's always that guy that nobody really knows who they're talking about. That's not a big prospect necessarily. And then they break out. And that's what I think baseball dreams are made of. Agreed. I mean, Cedric Mullins, he was on our top 10 surprises list at number 10. 
because this was wasn't a guy who had a lot of really good years, maybe like a Jesse Winker, and then finally hit home in 2021. But this was a guy who had 271, which is okay, but he was on base at 315. He was slugging only 407, and now yeah. this year he's hitting 306 <laughs> on base percentage at 370, and he's slugging 529. So I would agree. I think he's perfectly sits in the who the hell is that award. But I also think Nestor Cortez definitely deserves some love because yeah. he's kind of like the new age Johnny Cueto. Nestor Cortez was really close. I decided Mullins only because of smaller sample size and because it's a pitcher because it's it's been recent. But in fairness, Nestor Cortez has become like the heartthrob of New York. Man. Seriously. I mean, it's like as someone who's been watching uh, the Yankees game because I'm on the East Coast. So it's sometimes easier to just have that on because it's, you know, seven o'clock versus me staying up until 3 a.m. Uh, like I put on the Yankees and it's just this mustachioed wonder, this <laughs> fireball hurler. What happens? It's the just Pringles in general, the, the, everything that's happened. Yeah, exactly. Everything that's happened with the Yankees. And I love those like Mar- Nestor Cortez fireball shirts from Roto Wear. Those are really cool. Like all the little fan art, all the little memes about him. It's pretty fun. If it was a little bit longer, I think he gets the award, but I think I'm just going to go with the the guy that nobody really knows. I don't even, I actually wager that nobody even knows who he still is, to be honest with you, uh, aside from like, you know, AL East watchers. Dude, I mean, Cedric Mullins, Darren Ruff, that's the same thing too. Like mm-hmm. I could go to my 18 year old brother who considers himself a baseball fan and say, do you know who Darren Ruff is? And he would say, probably not. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well. You might know him this year. But before that, I, I don't think I would have been able to say it, man. He might not even know who he is anymore. Like, still. Like, that's the West Coast <laughs> problem. And we're three people that watch baseball on the West Coast. So, how about that? Next award, the Biff Tannen Award for most inexplicable performance you wouldn't have predicted unless you were from the future. <laughs> that's a very long title. <laughs> who the hell is Biff Tannen? Oh, there it is, folks. What I if you guys thought I was kidding about Peter has never watched a movie before. Here you go. It's a reference to the character from Back to the Future Part Two, who basically never spoiler it. alert for a 30-year-old, 40-year-old movie. Yeah. He like acquires a like what is a sports almanac from the year like 2020. This movie came out 40 years ago. Keep that in mind, guys. And then he basically uses that to predict every single thing that ever happens, even including upsets that happen at the last second that nobody ever saw. Like he probably predicted, what was it? The the Auburn kickoff return against yeah. Alabama. He probably predicted that, for example. And no one would have predicted that in their right mind. They would think you're crazy and probably suicidal, to be honest with you, if you're betting <laughs> that much money on them uh, in that sort of perfect kind of situation. So this was for just a a genuine thing you just could not predict. And a lot of it is based a little bit on, like I mentioned with the Auburn thing, it's kind of the end of the game. We've been watching this already. And you've seen Brandon Crawford play before. Nothing has ever indicated that he had this in him. And he was, I believe, did I give it to Brandon Crawford? I'm forgetting now. Uh, I believe I gave it to him. Who were the nominees again? Nominees were Brandon Crawford, who won, Robbie Ray, Mm -hmm. Joey Votto, and who I think should have won, Adam Wainwright. Mm, you know, it's close. I actually, the more I think about it, maybe Votto shouldn't have been in there because he is a potential Hall of Famer. Right. I don't, I just don't think I saw with all the injuries that he became a power monster. Yeah, the, the power, power I think came was out just of nowhere. so, I could see him being like a, remember like Joe Maurer late in his career, he was still a pretty decent on base guy, but the power was completely gone. Like that's what I kind of expected from Joey Votto, to be honest with you, just on base dude, Tyler Wade-esque dare I say to use another Yankee thing for Peter. Uh, But Robbie Ray, 
I don't know if you guys heard Joey Votto's on base talents, Tyler Wade. I'll take it. I don't know if it's actually disgusting. (laughs) Don't do that ever again. (laughs) That was really bad. (laughs) That was really heinous. I'm sorry. Uh, But with, with Robbie Ray, who was another nominee that was very close. This is a dude who was my, I'm not kidding. Everyone thinks I'm kidding about this. One of my favorite pitchers for the past couple of years, because he was a disaster. Every Robbie Ray start, it was walk home run or strikeout he was the the modern day batter of pitchers go look up his season last year it was like a he was like joe gallo of pitchers yeah it was like the 7.8 era 1.9 whip and then a k per nine of like 13 it was like <laughs> awesome i was like this is the most incredible thing ever and for him to come in and not just be good but like if absent garrett cole who just had a 15 strikeout performance, unless Cole has like a bunch of mess starts at the end of the year, Robbie Ray might be the Cy Young winner this year. So that's just, there's one thing to have a regression to being a decent average pitcher. I could have predicted that a seven ERA is not going to keep, at least I don't think. And the only reason he didn't win was because in fairness, he's been very, very good before Uh, back in 2017 or 2016. He was like top 10 in Cy Young voting. So that's one of the reasons I didn't give it to him. And then who's the other nominee? I think it was Adam Wainwright. Yeah who Jack thinks should have won. It was close, but again, I used the evidence of at least he's been very good before. It's happened before. Brandon Crawford, great player. Actually, just a very good player at times in his career. But where the hell did he just figure out to just hit bombs all the time? His What is he, slugging 700? It just didn't make <laughs> any sense to me. It was a literal statistical thing he has not done before there's a difference between being good versus being good in an area when you're 35 years old it's Javi, very ridiculous to Javi, wainwright might have an aarp account like he's <laughs> old as hell and he's still really good it's, it's, it's true he, he is an old and he leads the league and it, it's pitched it's close it's very close i probably should have mentioned him more in the article like as a possible you know runner-up but i don't know man and also in fairness the padres bias i'm just used to seeing more Giants talk than everybody else. And I just feel like the Brandon Crawford thing has been stuck in the consciousness of my of my mind. The internet machinations of my mind are an enigma. All right, Peter, name that. No idea. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Oh, he's he's a disaster. Three, you're out. Everyone what? leave Cobbett's tweet what at movie? me. Tweet at Peter. It's it wasn't even a movie. It was SpongeBob. Oh. <laughs> God. It's a disaster. An absolute disaster, man. Probably How watched you- a handful of SpongeBob episodes in my entire life. Javi, you want to be the co-host of the Just Baseball show now? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you just go start your own podcast where it's just movies and you can talk about all the pop culture shit. Here, we'll talk about Just Baseball. That's fine. Hey, White Lotus, you got to watch it. HBO Max. It's only six episodes, too, which I did not... Dude, always, if you want to get me on a TV show or a movie, if it's it's a movie, if it's a movie, say, like, 95 minutes, I'll be like, (laughs) oh, my God, I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, if I hear two hours 20, I'm not saying that it's bad. It's probably quite good. Right. Most of the time, if you're recommending it, but like, I just time, man. And then if you tell me six episodes, you're done. I'm all good. But then again, when it comes to the TV thing, I'm well known to be a one piece fan and I'm on episode 868. So in fairness, little hypocritical on my part, but I'm just saying that's usually what grabs me. Majorly. Uh, let's go to the rule breaker award. This is an interesting one. And you had some oh, yeah. serious criteria to hit um, <laughs> the nominees Actually, I'll let you work through the criteria and then I'll give you the nominees. Okay, so the criteria for this award was people who broke the unwritten rules of baseball. Granted, that's a little bit more malleable of a definition. That's a little bit weird word to use in a situation, but it's, you know, you can stretch it a little bit. Basically, unwritten rules is just guys acting the way traditional 
old, you know, boomers enjoy the game of baseball, I guess, where it's just, you know, you keep your head down, you walk around. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But oftentimes the sport is known for not allowing the other types of people who enjoy baseball, the other types of cultures that enjoy baseball, if you catch my drift. And in this case, uh, I just felt like it needs to be discussed. Uh, I think here at Just Baseball, we all agree. Unwritten rules, smashing them into a million pieces. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I'm out of unwritten (laughs) rules. I'm out. Swing 3-0. I kind (laughs) of like the bastion of purity that is Major League Baseball. (laughs) Shut up, Jack. (laughs) You have the straightest face, too. (laughs) The nominees uh, were Javi Baez versus Amir Garrett, which is the winner. That saga was incredible. Awesome. (laughs) Fernando Tatis Jr. versus Trevor Bauer. Nick Castellanos flexing at home plate. That happened very early on in the year Mm -hmm. against the Cardinals. And then your mean Mercedes is swing on three Oh. Yeah. There's a lot to go through here. There's a lot, a lot to, to go, go through, through here. here. And in fairness, since these things, like I said, baseball is a great at covering these sort of things. So it's not like they, there are probably some other nominees. I forgot that maybe you guys might have, but your mean Mercedes, I took him off because it doesn't look the same now. I mean, your main Mercedes has had a little bit of drama outside, but I basically nominated him because of like the amount of discourse it created. It was just <laughs> unbelievable. Like it was a genuine story. I know that feels like so long ago, but it actually was with uh, Tony La Russa uh, being upset about it and then being totally fine that his players getting thrown at the next game, whatever. Um, and then there was who were the other? And then Trevor, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. versus Trevor Bauer as the Padres guy. I'm of course going to be more inclined to go with the Padres thing, but honestly, I don't want to talk about Trevor Bauer. So it's a little bit of a reason why I didn't do that. Uh, yeah. But basically the, for people who forgot when he covered his eye after hitting the home run and when he did the little strut after hitting second home run, I thought it was great. And I think moments like that in a vacuum, forget the players that were involved are incredibly good for baseball. Cause it creates the gifts, whatever. Look at the NFL right now, the NFL just, you know, rolled back and started installing taunting penalties. And it's like, Hey, last time I checked that gif at the Super Bowl of the Buccaneers defender flipping the bird to the, the Chiefs player, that was hilarious. And more people become aware of your sport. Granted, football has a little bit more leeway because they control all of us. We've all been mind, you know, brainwashed into just following football like idiots. Every Roger Goodell's chair for the draft is in mm. a museum. That yeah. cushy ass chair is in a museum. That's how much we abide by football. Fuck that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think so that Javi, I think ahead. the Javier Baez versus Mir Garrett thing is so the winner here. Mm-hmm. That highlight of him rowing the boat against Amir Garrett is oh my god, maybe the most electric highlight of the season so far. And it, it's like the breaking the rule of flipping the bat. He didn't even flip the bat. He just walked to first, and he was just screaming at Amir Garrett. That beef. <laughs> is going to be here for a lot longer than that instance. Okay, now yeah. now hear me out here, being oh Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, mm-hmm. Did part of I'm you say, just put the bat down, jackass? Like, no, I loved it. No. And I here's, it. look, really? Jack, look at, look at Jack in the high and mighty. You think you're better than me? <laughs> quote the, the great American philosopher, Happy Bill Gilmore. It's just like, uh, do you know what that is, Pete? Yes, Happy <laughs> Gilmore. Great movie. Golf. I'm going to do my best to make a pop culture reference at every single word for the rest of the show. I'll try. Yeah, it's best. like you think that that's what Javi Baez would say to Jack McBullard right now. And the way I see it is when we encourage unwritten rules, and I mentioned this in, in the article, it's okay if players who have no business 
actually flexing or feeling great about themselves in terms of just playing well. I encourage everybody to, you should feel, but you're at major league baseball level. As far as I'm concerned, you can do whatever the heck you want when it comes to celebrating your hits. I don't care. But when it comes to bottom lines, Javi Baez is just more, you know, exteriorly exciting than the actual substance, which is a strikeout rate. Jack hates him. And I think Jack is, 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 is a, a coward for backing <laughs> away like this, like just a traitor, you know what I mean? For backing away. At Listen, Baez. man, I, I used to love Javi Baez as somebody that texted you. I, I texted you this verbatim as somebody that used to love Javi Baez. I don't like Javi Baez anymore because like he's just rearing his head right now. And like he made other people look for his earring. If you lose your earring at home plate, look for your own damn earring. I, I disagree. I would have demanded that Sandy Alderson after the BS that the Mets came out with that statement. No, no, no. You guys are going to kill me more than you kill. Uh, what's his face? The, the GM. You're going to kill Jared Porter. You're going to kill all. You're going to know. I get the worst of it. No, no, no. You're going to go on your knees. I'm going to record it. All right. And then you're going to go give me a fee. That's what I would be doing if I was talking <laughs> bias. Now, granted, he doesn't have that power because he's also like a free agent after this year and has been playing all that well. But I think that there's fun to be had for the guys that in terms of how they are playing, don't have any business. I was watching that live. On the, I was like, what is going on? He is taking it like not just to 100, but to another, you know, solar system. You know what I mean? You know, men in black, when it zooms out, at the very end, and it shows how small we are in the scheme of things. That's yeah. how far and out of control uh, this thing got. There you Pete, go. Pete, you got, got that you one? again. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Javi Baez, it was just so unnecessary, so petty. I loved it. I adored it. And also, it wasn't even a home run. It was like something that might have been caught, maybe. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I just thought it was so, 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 so much fun. Oh, all right. Next one. The fan base legend award. Mm. I like this because it's just cult hero mm-hmm. nominees were the Padres, Hassan Kim, Jason Dominguez and Andrew Velasquez, Pete, <laughs> Isaiah, yeah. Ki- Isaiah Kiner Falefa, and then Bryn Sanity, Lewis Brinson. Oh yeah. See, now I wish I wrote a little bit more about some of the other nominees. Um, I gave it to Jason DeBiggas, which shouldn't surprise anybody who are longtime just baseball listeners. You guys have had on people from the New York Post talk about how overrated this guy is a prospect. We had Eric Hubs on, who I don't even know what to say about that man, first of all. You won't for Ronald Acuna? I, I'm gonna just text in the chat from now on in all caps for Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> just every like throughout the day sporadically. Like I couldn't believe that. He's the most overrated prospect I've seen. He could be good. Let me be let me be very clear. It's not based on his talents. It's just more based on the Yankees fans acting like he is, you know, the the almighty one, that he's he's omnipotent, that he can't be stopped. When you have guys who are already going to be maybe major league ready a lot sooner than him. So Jason Dominguez wins that award. Hassan Kim, again, this is a Padres bias, but he's not even playing all that well. He's a great defender, but people always love posting like that Vogue quality cover shoot magazine photo that he did. Just such a handsome guy. He's got the, the yellow hair and everything. He's just so much fun to watch, even though bring down that pull percentage just a little bit, my guy, just get me one single that I would really appreciate that just a little bit. I appreciate that. Andrew Velasquez, again, sample size has not played enough, but he's from the Bronx. My mom is from the Bronx. He's Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. We're, we're, let's just say the Reyes household is absolutely lit out of its mind every time he comes up to bat. And then Isaiah kind falefa this is a little bit of a weird one, but I did it because do you guys remember when he was kind of publicly, and the Rangers fans were getting on everybody for not voting him for all-star. 
Oh yeah. I just thought it was absurd. I was like, guys, welcome. This is what I can't stand about all-star voting. This happens in the NBA too. There's a lot of talent. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, it happens like shortstop, maybe like a few years ago when Hanley Ramirez and Ian Desmond's who's that's another story, by the way, for why I love Ian Desmond. You guys will never believe that. Um, but like, there's a lot of guys at shortstop Francisco Lindor, you know, uh, Javi Baez years ago would have been viewed as a, a top 10 shortstop because of how shallow the position was. But nowadays it's like, all right, dude, you're a good glove, but you're, what are you, a 310 on base guy? Like, it's just not all that impressive. And it was only like three weeks into the season. Calm down, everybody. Uh, that was just a little bit ridiculous. And again, well, you still put uh, him there. Yeah, I, I still think he deserves a nominee because it's a fan base thing. They're, these aren't necessarily good players. It's just guys that are being talked about more in their own fan circle than literally anywhere else. Nobody talks about Isaiah Kyrafalefa. I guarantee it, except for shout out Kendall McGee. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, aside happening. from Kendall McGee, can, can you name a single Rangers fan? Like, do you know single? One? Yeah, I know one. I know one because Lockdown Network, shameless plug, shout out Bryce Pat, uh, Paterga, Lockdown Rangers. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know, man. And granted, it is a big team. You know, it's not like a, this isn't a small market team, but it's just who the heck is talking about the Rangers right now? Nobody. They're all depressed. <laughs> no one. <laughs> Oh, we got two more awards. The Remedial Chaos Theory Award for Darkest mm. Timeline. This is good. This uh, puts you in a bad headspace on a Friday. The mm. nominees were the Braves' season going to hell, Jacob deGrom's health, the Dodgers acquiring Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, and everything Tony Larusa. <laughs> I feel like we already touched on it a little bit with the Uribe Mercedes thing. Everything Tony LaRussa. Your player gets hit in the head. The first thing you do is not check on your player, but you're going to like yell at somebody. You know, all the, an unwritten rule kind of, he favors them clearly. Uh, so we don't need to talk about that that much. That was just him getting hired was just so just counterproductive to what type of team the White Sox are. Thankfully, they are good enough. So he does not win this. Then you get, that's where it gets interesting, right? So the Atlanta Braves season going to hell for everybody who's going to yell at me in the comments. I'm just talking about, their whole team just being decimated. We actually just got the news or it just happened the other day that Ozzy Albies got carted off the field. So this is, this article came out before that happened, but aside from just that Ronald Lacuna jr, Marcelo Zuna, Mike Soroka setback, Max Fried having a, a, you know, kind of a step back uh, year, just everything for the Braves this year kind of went wrong, but they're still winning first place. So I didn't give it to them because they are, you know, they they've, They've come back from the abyss, even though yeah, you weren't really talking about the record. It was more about mm-hmm. just how the Braves season yeah. unfolded because mm-hmm. maybe fully healthy, considering they're still in first place right now. I mean, you put Marcelo Zuna on that team. Let's say Ronald Acuna never gets hurt. Mar- Mike Soroka never gets hurt. All things, you know, if they stayed healthy the entire year, we're maybe looking at maybe the second or third best team in the National League and easily a top five team in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably not to mention Freddie Freeman had a slow start. You know, I mean, just every single thing that you come up with, Charlie Morton, not as great as expected. The poor Atlanta fans, man. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not an Atlanta fan, but I remember that Super Bowl. I was depressed. You could have healed the nation if you beat the New England Patriots. I promise you people would have been so lit for like another week. But uh, I didn't give it to them because in fairness, they have been playing well, at least at the minimum. And then that leaves the other two. I forgot one of them, but let's go Dodgers getting Trey Turner back Scherzer. Again, Padres bias coming out here. Look, uh, it's just, you guys talked about it. You guys talked about the issue of 
you know, money in this sport and whether or not, you know, teams it's getting out of control. And, you know, I'm just saying, I talked about this on the last podcast. Who the heck cares if the Dodgers would, man? They're so whack. They're feeling like Golden State Warriors vibes. I'm not saying smart, you know, the teams that spend 25 million a year aren't also to blame for the fact that the Dodgers just get to scoop up everybody. They are. But it was just rough. You threw Trey Turner in there. Like, you know, when you order French fries and you get like the onion ring by accident sometimes from like, like Burger King or McDonald's. kind of wanted the onion rings instead. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of want the onion rings instead, too. But also it's just like, oh, bonus. Why not? <laughs> That's what happened with Trey Turner. What the hell is going on? You should have asked for at least one major league roster player. I cannot believe I'm telling you. Uh, what's his name? Mike Rizzo. He is, this is a Manchurian candidate. I'm telling you, he's a sleeper agent for the Los Angeles Dodgers. They were waiting to activate him because they got too scared by the San Francisco Giants. They were like, we need to bring in Weapon X. Let him sell his best players to us for essentially, in my opinion, not all that much. Yell at me about the prospect numbers all you want. So that's who ended up winning. Uh, but I do admit there's a bias. What was the last entry? Uh, I don't know. Well, a couple of quick follow-ups here. Um, yeah, go you ahead. missed a golden opportunity to bring up the Atlanta Thrashers when you talk about Atlanta sports scenes depression. Like the Thrashers <laughs> just up and left and went to Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, also, another pop culture reference here because you haven't made one in this award. Um, did the Dodgers activate Mike Rizzo using the song Relax? Mm, I don't know, man. He might have. I'll, okay, I'll give you wait, some I other almost, pop culture. I almost know that one. You know that one. <laughs> you know it. Come on, is do it, it Pete. it's from the Ben Stiller movie? Yes. Yes. Ah oh, shit. What's the name? I know he's like a he's a mod, he's like a fashion model. Yes. 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 Come on. You're getting so warm. You're so warm. Nah, I don't got it. <laughs> What's it called? Books? Blue Steel, Magnum. Yo, what yeah. A- Couldn't tell you the What I is this? Can- a school for ants? Owen Wilson is in it. Yes. That Hansel <laughs> is so hot right now. Yes. The Hansel. <laughs> What's the damn name of the movie? Zoolander. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's that's one of them. And also, Jack, I did make some pop culture references to the thing. The Remedial Chaos Theory Award. This is in reference to Community, the episode that won them an Emmy. It is about all of the characters getting together. And there is literally a dark timeline that spawns off of something as small as a dice roll. So that's what happened there. And then also, you know, sleeper agent thing. If anyone's ever played Bioshock, would you kindly shout out to all my game heads out there? They know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I just thought that in general, the Trey Turner and Max Scherzer thing was just disheartening. You know, have you guys ever just been disheartened by, by a trade that doesn't even affect you really because your team's either rebuilding or they're in another conference like Jack's White Sox? Yeah, no, uh, James Shields for Fernando Tatis Jr. was pretty tough for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. Hey, but you got a decent consolation prize to the most swag-tastic player in the league, aside from Tatis. James oh, Shields? Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, J- not James Shields. Uh, well, not not a comp- not in that trade, but you do have Tim Anderson at shortstop, so oh, yeah. could be worse. No, I, I'm hanging with T.A. T.A. is my guy. Um, I lied. There are two more awards. The other nominee that you didn't mention was Jacob DeGrom's <laughs> health. We don't have to spend time on that. That just sucks, and I don't yeah. want to talk about that because me either. Yeah. it's depressing. Uh, the Weirdo Award. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> the cat running onto the field in New York. Eloy Jimenez's jersey tribute, game one of the year. <laughs> Garrett Cole's sticky stuff press conference. I don't quite know how to answer that. And then uh, Nick uh. Castellanos homering after a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I wanted to come up with a better title. I literally, that was like the, the blueprint. I was just like, all right, weirdo award. And then I, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, let's just keep it. This is weirdo award. It's just an award dedicated to weird things in baseball. 
that just happened. We had the cats running onto the field. There was literally someone who did an article, shout out Molly Knight, on like the teams that have done better dramatically ever since the cat ran onto the field, which is interesting. And, you know, Garrett Cole, I mean, becoming kind of unfortunately the poster boy of the sticky stuff, which kind of stinks because you know who really should be is probably you Darvish. Shout out you Darvish, who's been Karen Jackson, triple A right now. James Karen Jackson. Yeah, James Karen <laughs> My guy went to triple A. Oh my God. So that's that's not going great for them. But I mean, guys, what's the meme? What's the thing people bring up every single time on baseball Twitter? You honestly, not even on baseball Twitter. It might happen for anything. People just do the, you know, as it's a fly ball into left field, not making a 3 0 ball game. It's so funny and I don't know why almost, you know what I mean? Like I know what the context is of Tom Brenneman, but to a degree, I, I like that we've just made a meme out of it and it's just become this thing that keeps happening. Look Nick Castellanos hitting home runs after tragedies. It, it didn't just happen once. No. It didn't just happen twice. He has 26 home runs on the year. I think every single home run has been after a tragedy. <laughs> he had two grand slams yesterday or at least two home runs. And immediately we have hurricane we have hurricane stuff. He does it during like right under it. Like it's like he, had he, that. he oh contributes to the pain of the world. And everyone's always, you know, putting the screenshots out there. He did one early this year when someone had passed away and they were doing yeah. eulogy on air. And then he hit a home run during it. And people have joked. They're like, you know, after a tragedy, he just becomes Barry Bonds. Like it's just, it's incredible. It really, it really, really is. There was a fan found dead, you know, RIP, like in Mets Stadium, I'm pretty sure. He hit a home run five minutes later. It's just like, very, very horrible. odd. And it's the type of thing you wouldn't have predicted. You know what I mean? And I just, I love it so much because of how eternal it is. And I think this is going to be a meme for a very long time to come. This next award is just all of my bad takes <laughs> in a paragraph. Oh, man. Yeah. What is it, Jack? This is the Golden Peanut Award for most <laughs> memorable just baseball staff take. <laughs> and the winner from our guy, Peter Apple. Danny Duffy is an emerging ace. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I mean, full. now I'm going to take you all behind the scenes. I did reference Jack in this. Uh, I mentioned uh, his unrelenting hatred of Redacted as in some notable media personality. And I just thought it was hilarious when he first unleashed this to us in our group chat. Because I didn't expect it. Jack is very like, he picks his spots. You know what I'm spots. saying? He picks his spots in the in the in the the moment of opportunity to strike, and then he just dropped a bomb one day. He was like, "This person is an effing fraudulent asshole." You know what I mean? Like he just lost his mind. And like Jack has never not that Jack doesn't dislike people, but like he's never like brought it with that much rage and fervor. So I'm I'm disappointed that uh, Arm, uh, you know, who also is a fraud in his own way, as he refuses to pay me back. On our wager that we made three months ago, it's also a fraud in his own way. <laughs> we're all he's, frauds in our own way. We're all frauds in our own way, but but he's a particular kind of fraud because he's also a coward. You know what I mean? He refuses to back up. We made our bet in our fantasy baseball league, uh, where you know whoever won our matchup, I get to choose his icon on Twitter for a week, and he refuses to pay up. Now he's like, "Oh, I'll do for two days." Now it's like, bro. I've made people look like Pokemon. I've made people look like random cartoon characters, a reindeer before, and you're just not going to pay up. 
I, oh, well, I got so much work. I got people following me on Twitter. Yeah. Well, you didn't mind when you almost got canceled a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, like, I don't want to hear it that this is what you're afraid of. Well, it's buried himself in work after he got blown up on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So, he's just so I have some I have some quotes in this that I'd like to explain, please. As as I just got trashed <laughs> from the article. So, <laughs> Danny Duffy is an emerging ace. You know mm. what? I'll take that on the chin. Just incorrect. For many John reasons. Means uh, too? John Means called him an emerging ace. Incorrect <laughs> yeah. for many reasons. I was personally fooled by the sticky stuff. I was fooled. I talked about James Karachak being the best reliever. Danny Duffy had like a two ERA. And yeah. then I, but you know, me being me, I forgot that Danny Duffy is low-key 32 years old. And there's just <laughs> no way that he's emerging. <laughs> but it's for just... some reason, I always thought he was like in his 20s, even though he's just not. The right. next one, which I will definitely wear on the chin, and this is less like me being stupid and more just like I was actually genuinely yeah. surprised. Kevin Gosman, being the Kevin Gosman that he is, I was out on Kevin Gosman at the beginning. When he started that train, I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't see this continuing that way off. And as we move, <laughs> I was just so off on Kevin Gosman. I mean, that I, I have happens, no explanation. Man. I was For just me- off. I didn't do that because we've all been off on players that broke out. The Danny Duffy thing was more than just believing he was good. It's just that you called him an emerging, emerging. At 32 and it's been like an ongoing thing in our chat. It's him and John means I didn't include John means in this. Um, there was a bunch of takes. I wish I could have included in this. I would say this award, the golden peanut, I'd say the golden peanut, the weirdo and the rule breaker are ones that I'm going to try my best to have back when we run it back for future volumes, volume two of the alternative. Uh, awards maybe a playoff edition is what i might have to do next but um let's just say everyone watch yourself in the group chat because i'm i got my eye on all of you and look like i said arm coward i, I thought it, i wanted him to include one with jack if he had then we would have had a little bit more that wasn't just peter bashing and i just want to throw it out there i also mentioned that everyone put what was it jared K- uh Kalenic, or no yeah jared clinic in their like top 15 of top 25 players under 25 in this article that never got published on just baseball great website but i just want to throw it out there everybody had like he brian hayes at five like just the slurpage as mike wilbon would say that was going on around these guys who i mean key brian hayes has played before he's an asset for sure but like right now i thought you all were crazy and then granted i also put victor robles in my top 25 in some place so maybe we all deserve blame in some way because i for some reason believe in that guy i don't know why but anyway that's what happens Man. Uh, Javi, you want to stick around for the outro? Yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> this is exciting. This is I. This is my least favorite part of the show because it means I have to say bye to Peter, and today it means I have to say bye to you. Oh. I miss you, Jack. Shut up, bro. You called David Duffy <laughs> an emerging ace. <laughs> you have no ground to stand on. <laughs> uh, it's just. Am so I the only one with incorrect takes here? No, that's why I feel bad. Everyone send me ones, screenshot them for the next golden peanut. And don't say, like, don't mention it. You know what I mean? Like, just keep them in your back pocket and then send them to me. Yeah. You know what I I mean? Like, you're a leak. (laughs) I will mention this one because it's probably in our rear view mirror. But (laughs) Peter called Karen Jack the third best reliever in baseball. I called Mm -hmm. him the best reliever. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll take that one on the chin. Absolutely. And it can't just be something I, I like the funnier they are, the better, because you know what's good. There's a difference between having a wrong take versus like a devastatingly wrong take. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. actually kind of fun 
uh, as long as it's not about serious things, like say it's about sports, right? You don't want to be wrong about actual real issues. That's bad. And like you deserve a lot of the fervor coming your way sometimes. But when you just, when you say something, if back in the day, you're like, Jose Batista is completely overrated. And then he hits like 50 bombs. Like <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's funny to be disastrously wrong sometimes, at least in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. He is at Peter Apple 23 on Twitter. And then Javi is at Javi Peno on Twitter. Can you spell that for us? J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. There we go. I'm Jack underscore McMullen 11 on Twitter. We're at Just Baseball fans on TikTok and Instagram, twitch.tv slash Just Baseball to the moon on Twitch. And then on Twitter. Freaking moon. Super Mario Baseball coming soon from your boy. I can't wait till you get that. Doodle jump coming from me. (laughs) Doodle jump on Twitch. Um, And then we are at just BB Media on Twitter. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave a five star review, comment, tell us what you like, leave a one star review, comment, tell us what you absolutely hate about us on Apple Podcasts. Please, no one star reviews, please. Yeah, actually, don't do that. It drives our overall rating down. So, I don't know, just like DM us or something and tell us that we suck. That's probably a little bit better. Yeah, just a tad better. Just a tad better. I mean, you guys don't get too much hate. Jack, again, you pick you your spots get a lot on Twitter. Yeah, you, you pick your spots on Twitter, too. You don't tweet too much. No, when he does. Uh, and I will say that I pick, my, I, I pick my spots in this group text. And I, my disdain for this one baseball media personality is totally justified because he just does not say anything of value at any point ever so this is great and now you're gonna get everybody on tiktok and commenting like guessing who it is and <laughs> yes yeah, honestly you know i don't Guess think they'll get it You'll i don't think they'll get it, it. We won't like it, by the way, because we're not trying to put anybody on blast. We here. might, except for except for Arm with what's his face, <laughs> who just again, don't get me wrong, Arm is a coward in some areas. Everyone, also, please go tweet at him to pay pay back on our wager, please. I'm starting this movement now. I've been that's another thing. I've been sneaking into every article, and he edits out every time I call him a coward for not paying me back. Um, I think he took out from this one too. I put him in the just baseball staff one, but yeah, please go message him on there and yeah comment who you think it is i would just want to see what everybody gets thank you everybody